It's our partnership between the uh, WCC Radio and the Star Tribune Editorial Board. Uh, right around this time, each Wednesday, it's 137 right now, Patricia Lopez stealing my chair and uh, my bench. I mean, just taking things from me. Your box. Yeah, John Rash taking nothing from me so far. That means, John, you get the first question, you know? Fair enough. <laughs> uh, were you surprised that the Democrats decided on just two lines of impeachment? And did not include Mueller and obstruction of justice in that way. There's been some good reporting on it that a number of moderates, a number of Democrats were pushing back at that idea. When others, Jerry Nadler included, were saying, no, we have a compelling case for this third line also. The historic majority that the Democrats were able to ascertain in the most recent election was due to the more moderate members, even though the more liberal ones like AOC and Representative Omar in this uh, fifth district here have gotten more of the press. And so Speaker Pelosi, who knows how to count votes with the best of them, realized that moving more with the moderates, being more specific on a few counts that they could clearly communicate with their constituents was the most strategic method to go about this. So I wasn't surprised that they chose that. Certainly many were disappointed Yep. that they didn't incorporate more in the Mueller report and some of the pattern of what they consider presidential wrongdoing in these impeachment hearings. But I think that the headline remains the same, that it clearly appears now that the full House of Representatives, perhaps on a completely partisan vote, will vote to impeach the president of the United States. How about this one? The way, the way, the, the way they decided to, to go at the end. Well, you know, I'm not sure what would have been served by adding more articles of impeachment. I checked earlier, and there were only two articles of, of impeachment against Bill Clinton when he was president. Um, one was for lying uh, to the grand jury, and the second was for obstruction. Um, so, I mean, you can you can pile on. I, I think they're, they've charted their course. Um, from what I've seen, my, my sense is that they wanted to go with the things that they thought, you know, the majority of members would be comfortable with and yep. not not to overreach in that respect. And I, I, you know, I think for their purposes, that's that's fine. I don't I don't know what they would have gained by piling on uh, more articles or more charges. There's been some reporting to both of you the last couple of days that there may be a split. I'll start with you, Patricia, on when we get to a trial, if, if it does pass through the House, I think which we, we all three of us believe it will. Mm. That's somewhat in the White House, in particular the uh, commander-in-chief, that he wants a long list of people to be testifying saying, perfect call, nothing wrong with this, whereas some other Senate Republicans are like, let's just get this done as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe we even don't have a single witness. Let's vote. We got the votes. Let's get past this quickly, mm-hmm. and the president is going to push back. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious if, 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 if that split is right, because that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. how that does play out. Yeah, the, the ones who actually want to stay in the Senate for another term. Uh, I, I think, you know, the president has already made his course of action clear in uh, his latest rally in Pennsylvania, uh, where he thoroughly mocked and derided uh, the whole process, called it impeachment light because it was only two articles, although even as I said, it was only two articles against Clinton, and that doesn't uh, lessen the gravity of the charges against him. Um he seems to be convinced that this plays well with his base. And my sense is they want to call probably all of the witnesses that were not called during the House uh, committee hearings. 
uh, that would not only attest to the perfectness of his call, yep. but try to throw as much mud on uh, Joe and Hunter Biden right. as possible. That's that's part of the real objective here is to, you know, make sure that he's not the only one um, getting mud thrown on him, that they'll they'll throw some mud on one of his rivals and that will sort of do double duty. Yep. Um, I think the more um, uh, moderate, I don't want to say moderate because I'm not sure there are many moderate Republicans left in the Senate, but the more level-headed ones um, probably see that the longer this goes on, the lower the president's numbers get, um, and consequently, you know, it affects the Senate's numbers. Although, are the numbers going lower? Because there's there's some Eh. states where Democrats actually – I mean, listen. If you if look you, at individual states, it can vary. Yeah, yeah, it does, including some of the swing states. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's been there for a long time campaigning. You notice he's not bothering much with Iowa yep. and New Hampshire. Um, he has, he has, I think, much more of a fifty-state strategy in play. And uh, you know, he's got the biggest microphone in town, and he uses it all the time. That's yep. what the rallies have done for three. Years now, uh, he has done these rallies very strategically with an eye toward re-election and toward framing the narrative to his liking. And all of that is going to pay off for him. John, what do you think? First of all, on. Listen, we know the the folks who, who, who disagree with the president where they're locked in. We certainly know the president's base is incredibly loyal. Do you get a sense if either party is benefiting even a little bit more than the other? And then when we get to the Senate, what is your sense at the end? Will we see a series of witnesses or do you think Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and others are going to try to get this done as as soon as possible? Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is among many Republican senators up for reelection. And so while certainly they're going to listen to the White House and take into consideration what President Trump wants, he wants to maintain a Senate majority. And some of those more moderate members, at least in the reference of the current Senate are up for re-election, like Cory Gardner in Colorado and Susan Collins in Maine and a yeah. few others, who where impeachment doesn't play as poorly as it does in some of the deepest red states yeah. where President Trump is turning toward and think that he can amp up his support there. I think part of the key here is what both you and Patricia referenced, which is his base. And this is such a unique political era in that the president is – not necessarily trying or isn't making moves to try to expand that base. It's to energize that base. And those are really fundamentally different strategies from that perspective. And so I think that there will be some senators, especially those running for reelection, who want to get this over with. And in terms of who it's helping and who it's hurting, it seems that public sentiment is so locked in on the president in both directions in terms of the strength of his support, which is very stout with 42, 43 percent, it would appear, by most public opinion polls and the opposition, which appears to be in the single digits, but above that number. And it doesn't seem that those numbers are moving significantly. No one can argue that it helps a president going into a reelection that he has been impeached by the House of Representatives. I'll certainly try to, to, to twist it, but I, yeah. I think – that's not the headline you want going yeah, there, There's another factor to consider here when you're looking at the potential length of the Senate trial. And that is if, you know, the president gets his way and they start calling this long list of uh, witnesses, it also gives Senate Democrats a chance to re-up on bringing in Mick Mulvaney mm-hmm. and Mike Pompeo and the whole string, John the whole Bolton cast of characters, John Bolton. One, right? You can just go right down the list of all of the ones that, you know, uh, Trump has banned from 
testifying, yep. and they kind of got through that in the House. But all of that is going to come back in the Senate. I don't see any scenario in which Senate Democrats don't uh, renew um, the effort to get those people to testify. And then it's then you've got a real clash and competing headlines. And who does that benefit? Who does that hurt? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, it certainly is a riskier option. Let's do this. Let's pause right here. I want to get to the IG report. I want to get to USMCA, a number of other issues to get to with uh, Patricia Lopez and John Rash from the Star Tribune. It's uh, plain politics. Right back with uh, plain politics with uh, John and Pat here. Um, John, I'm going to tie this to the IG report and then media because I want to get both of you guys to react. So the IG report comes out on the start of the investigation in the Trump campaign. And clearly the president and his supporters have suggested for literally years that this was partisan. This mm-hmm. was solely to stop yeah. his victory and yeah. to ensure that Hillary was going to win. And this has been out there forever. And so now we have an IG report that has been anticipated for a long time. And again, it's a bit of a Rorschach test. And I'll say to me, as someone who read a number of stories to me, it seems pretty clear it showed that there wasn't political bias. There may have been incompetence. And no spying. Yeah, no spying, by the way, the term the attorney general uses quite frequently. Yes. Um, But there wasn't that. Now, the attorney general has pushed back, and it's as if he is parenting the president and almost every conspiracy out there. And I just Mm -hmm. adamantly disagree. So now we have the hearing today. So I want both of you guys to comment. But I was surprised that CNN and MSNBC did not carry the start of And I think they're wrong for doing this. Mm. I think they're flat out wrong. Even if they think what Barr is saying is not factual and what the president is not saying is factual, this is an important report. This is in the Senate where we – I think we have a higher bar sometimes for the questioning. Mm -hmm. And I just just thought for them, first of all, on the journalism side, I thought they made a mistake. And also if they're trying to show some of the conservatives that, hey – your, your narrative that you're portraying about us isn't true. Why wouldn't you carry the start of it? I just thought that was a major mistake. Well, well, MSNBC and CNN aren't C-SPAN. They are cable news networks. They're on 24-7. I completely concur this is an extraordinary important story, and it's clarification from the individual who was tasked looking into it. Yeah. And there, in these hyperpartisan times was something there for both sides in terms of that it wasn't indeed as – as the IG said, was not political, was not spying, but he was quite clear on the number of mistakes that mm-hmm. the FBI had made in going about this and you know, pulled no punches from that perspective as well. That certainly is something that's worth covering because it's it, at the heart of this entire issue. It's what the president of the United States was talking about at his rally last night in Pennsylvania. So I think that that's a mistake that they did that. It once again, shows the value of a C-SPAN and makes one wish that there was a less partisan 24-7 news network that was out there. But all of them have moved in certain camps at this point, yep. and that's become their media model as well. CNN, since I've been in here, Pat, they, they did about 10 minutes of it. Mm. Fox has stayed the entire day. And I, I get that decisions can be made about not carrying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I think when Graham's making a statement, when the other ranking member's making a statement, when Horowitz is laying out his statement, I think I think you absolutely should carry it. What did they have on instead? Other coverage. <laughs> now they were ducking in and out at times. I, I just think it, it's it's how about the report itself? The report itself, I you know, um I, I get what you're saying about a Rorschach test. 
I'm, I'm old enough to remember when that wasn't always the case, when everybody didn't immediately seize on their individual yep. spin but considered the report as a whole. Yep. And that's still the way I prefer to look at it. Um, I, I don't think it was ever investigated or intended with an eye toward clearing or vindicating one side or another. It's supposed to be a um, neutral, dry-eyed observation, you know, and... Um, that's why we have inspector generals. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, it That's is. That's the whole point. So that you get someone without a partisan axe to yep. grind. And I thought, you know, um, first of all, finding out that there was a legitimate purpose for the Russian investigation should be heeded by both sides. Yep. Right? This has been gone over over and over and over again. The same thing with the, you know, now years-long accusation by Trump and his loyalists that there was spying um, and, of course, nothing has changed because of this report. Trump went um, to his rally yesterday and called the Federal Bureau of Investigation scum yep. because he maintains Think about still that. a yeah. president yes. of the United States right. saying that about the thousands and thousands of FBI employees, yeah. by the way, including Krista Ray. Who he yes, appointed. Who he appointed. That that never stops him. That's become apparent. He will turn on anyone he appointed in a flash uh, the minute he perceives uh, yeah. any personal disloyalty. Exactly. If they don't agree 100 percent. That's right. Their, their time is limited. Yep. And so now you see, you know, the attorney general, um, you know, William Barr yep. echoing that same line. I'm not even sure what purpose is served to having a head of the Justice Department if they're going to be so extremely partisan, and, and not even just partisan, but defending one particular person. His clients is not the president of the United States. It's the United States. Well, the thing about that, because I think Pat makes such a good point. John, when he when he first started, I think it took us a while, and then I finally said, you know, he just thinks he's still in New York right now. And he still thinks everybody within the government works for him and doesn't mm-hmm. understand that some of these folks – uh, yes, he has the ability to fire, but there is a detached role. And William Barr, when he first was appointed, a lot of people look back how he was with H.W. Uh, Bush and said, okay, this is more a classic Republican, and it's certainly been different than, let's say, Whitaker, who was filling in. He's lived up to every single thing Donald Trump would want him to be. Mm-hmm. And it's been well documented that President Trump was deeply upset with the, his first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, because of the recusal, which was an appropriate move for him to make here. Right. And, you know, Senator Sessions himself has talked about this. And I think that when this history of this era is written, one of the more compelling components of it will be about Attorney General Barr and what changed him, at least in terms of his public image. Because as you referenced, he, of course, was Attorney General with the first President Bush, George H.W. Bush, and much more in line with the Eastern Establishment Republican Party, you know, yep. that was more ascendant at that time. And he's dramatically different from that. And what has motivated him is is uncertain at this point. But in many ways, if you remember, he auditioned for the role by unsolicitedly sending right. yes. a memo about, you know, presidential behavior, which got him on the radar screen right. of the administration and yeah. eventually got him to be attorney general. All right, let me jump in. We've got two minutes to go. Oh, uh, I wanted to yeah, add one, one more thing to sure. that, and that is that I think we all as a country need to come to grips with the fact that the president knows very well what these different roles are supposed to be. That is what he is trying to change and in large measure is changing. He is is changing the face of government to an agency, you know, to agencies, um, cabinet members, you know, everyone from top to bottom is supposed to express personal loyalty to the president. 
Um, all right, you just got about 45 seconds. USMCA, uh, Patricia, you first. Were you surprised when they announced it? And then also when Mitch McConnell saying, I'm not even going to address it before the year is done. We're too busy. You know, and the, and the Democrats are too hung up on impeachment. I would think this is one where you say, great, we'll show you. If the House gives us something, we'll pass it. Well, you would think so. Um, this, interestingly, will put Trump and Pelosi on the same side because they both want to get this done. Yeah, right. Um, McConnell, I, I don't know. Maybe he's disappointed that he's been robbed of this as a talking point. He has said for uh, quite some time now that the House is, you know, stopping everything, yeah. you know, for impeachment, which, of course, was never true. They have passed hundreds of pieces of legislation that have gone to the graveyard of the Senate to die yep. because Mitch McConnell won't bring them to the floor. Um I, I want to see how this changes the political dynamic now. Um, Trump should start railing against the Senate Republicans. Um, will he? What do you think, John? Will he? I think quietly he'll push Senator McConnell to move this forward. He wants this as a talking point. He'll also get a fair amount of pressure from Chamber of Commerce and other business groups to solidify this because the uncertainty is bad for business, and he certainly wants to run on the economy. I also think it's interesting there was a lengthy political story today where they quote someone in the room, with Nancy Pelosi saying, we flat out rolled him. On That's one. why she did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might cause Donald to maybe not push uh, Mitch McConnell's much when he saw the quote. But, but John makes a great point. There are elements, there are um, places in this country where they actually want this to go through, need this to go through. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Patricia Lopez and John Rash from the Star Tribune. You can always listen to it live, as hopefully most of you did. Maybe you're picking up on the last parts of it. Or check it out, WCCRadio.com, or check it out with the Star Tribune, startribune.com.